But this thing remains that there is a lot of conversation, which, as you said, like in vanilla sex, you don't normally find a lot of conversation, but in BDSM, you do. There is a huge amount of conversations happening, even during the act, even during the act, like even if I have asked somebody to slap themselves, like even after the first slap or the second slap, I can ask that person, does it hurt? Or I can ask that person, would you like to go on? is this fine like each act has so many different stops where you actually take a moment and ask the other person how is this going so far and you go on uh, depending on that so i find it like very beautiful and i find this experience unlike what people think that there is um, there is a power hierarchy i actually find a bdsm experience a lot more equal than a vanilla one welcome to in between in India, I have a friend called Adrita, with whom I love to discuss uh, sexuality, relationships, and whom I think has a very amazing way of talking about exactly these topics, a way which opens new worlds, which challenges old beliefs, and she also has a very inspiring way how she lives her own sex life, how she organizes her own relationship, and... This time I had the pleasure for this episode of my podcast to have a conversation with her about exactly these topics. She invited me to her place one morning and uh, the conversation that came out of this, you're going to hear now. Okay, so the first question which I think would be interesting for me is, today I'm seeing you as this person who is so comfortable talking about sexuality, who has this very interesting sex and relationship life and I don't know, who is very comfortable with all of it. But what I would be interested in, like, what were the kind of notions about sexuality with which you grew up? Like, kind of compare to, to a to little bit understand, like, the journey you have behind you to reach at that point where I meet you today. So growing up, um, mostly as far as, like, uh, sexual orientation or sexual preferences went, I was, like... I never really thought about it, honestly speaking. Like, I knew there is an entire range of uh, sexualities that are there around. And maybe I don't know all of them, but I understand that not there is no single way of being sexual. And uh, that was something like growing up, it only made sense. It's not like somebody had to tell me. It was just logical for me. But as far as my own sexuality went, there are, I think, two aspects to this. One is that, who am I as a sexual being? So I actually started out when I was a teenager. Uh, there was a time when I would be left alone at home. I started doing things to myself. And those things were not straight away sexual, but they were actually more on the lines of what today I know as BDSM. And those were the things I would do and I would get wet. And I used to, as a teenager, I used to think maybe I need to pee. But <laughs> which I later on recognized as a sexual arousal. So that was like my first uh, experience of sexuality regarding myself. And as far as partner goes, I grew up thinking that I'm just a straight person uh, with who is only interested in men. And I also thought that I'm... A person who can be in a very monoamorous relationship. I'm not really that person who can like date more than one person at a time. Uh, yeah, that was how I thought of myself growing up. 
what would be interesting for me is also when and how did you realize that you are into these BDSM things? When did you find it to be, you know, there is like a word for it actually and there's a whole scene. Like, how did you find your way to that? As I said, uh, when I was left alone at home, I there were things like I would use, let's say, wax or I would use a form of bondage and I would play out these different scenarios where there is an imaginary person who is making me do all of those things and I used to get wet. Uh, so honestly speaking, BDSM, the experience of it, I did not know the name back then, but the experience of it started even before I had any vanilla experience. Vanilla is basically the non-BDSM experience. So even before I had that kind of an experience, BDSM was my default. So, and then I started like, I, I read a lot of books. So I think about a year or so after this experience had started with me, I started reading a lot of erotic novels where I got to got exposure to this kind of uh, sexual experience and I realized that this is the kind that I actually like. It was way later, like I think I was about to finish school is when I first had a vanilla experience with a person. Before that it was all BDSM in my head. There was nothing vanilla. So that is basically my default. That is actually very interesting because I think it's very rare that it works like this. And did you have anyone to exchange about all of these things or was this a complete lonely solo journey which you went on? And also the books, I mean, I wouldn't even know which keywords to find, how to, you know, like... I just happened to come across books, okay. Uh, especially, I think uh, the earliest memory is uh, 11 Minutes by Paulo Coelho. Uh, I think uh, that is a place where they don't really mention BDSM anywhere in that book. But they talk, talk about sexual experiences where there is BDSM, aspects of BDSM involved. Like I do remember this one time when there's a person using this whip on a woman and uh, he doesn't use it to hit her. He uses the whip to actually uh, stimulate her clitoris, right? He stimulates her clitoris and through that whip he gets her an orgasm. If I remember correctly, I might be wrong, it's long time back. But uh, I think these were the instances where I got to realize that, you know, I don't like the so-and-so vanilla version of just like just kissing and just making out and then having sex I think I wanted this entire play where there is a there is a form of power exchange but also with consent like that entire thing was very enticing for me and uh, similarly there were lots of other books that I came across I did not have anybody to talk to back then like um, there was nobody who would talk about sex and at best they would be like mm, I've had sex yes so far and blah 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 it was like just teenager stuff there was nobody to talk to until I think I was in uh, my 11th or 12th like almost finishing high school when uh, this this really pathetic book called 50 Shades of Grey came out and uh, that was the first time people started talking about BDSM. By that time, I had access to the internet. So I already knew the word. Like, thanks to the internet, I had searched out these kind of uh, things. And I had already then read about BDSM. I had read about people who are in BDSM relationships, who are in 24-7 BDSM relationships, writing blogs and writing their experiences. So by that time, I already knew about it. And by the time I got to talk to people, people had just... Um, ex- gotten the idea of BDSM through a very bad book called Fifty Shades of Grey. So their idea of the entire experience was very 
प्रॉब्लमैटिक अकॉर्डिंग टू मी सो ऑनेस्टली स्पीकिंग आई डिड नॉट हैव मैनी पीपल टू टॉक टू अंटिल वेरी रिसेंटली वेन आई फाउंड मोर पीपल हु हैड द नोशंस ऑफ बी डी एस एम द वे आई डिड आई ऑल्सो रेट दिस इलेवन मिनट्स बुक एंड आई रिमेंबर दिस दर वॉज दिस सीन वेन यूर वॉकिंग ऑन स्टोन स्पेयर फुट फॉर अ वेरी लॉन्ग टाइम Uh, I remember that I felt like oh he, it's opening up a whole new world where like pain and pleasure are very interconnected where like I don't know it's nearly a transcendent like experience yeah, yeah. kind of um maybe we have to clear a little bit because a lot of my friends even when I like talk to them they don't really understand what BDSM means maybe you mm-hmm. have to explain the whole thing a little bit and also mm-hmm. maybe what it means to you Yeah yeah I think I can only talk about what it means to me or how I think of BDSM so all in all like you know BDSM the full form is bondage domination submission masochism uh, these are the first words that came into this entire field and then there have been different combinations of these words you can have like MS would be master slave DS will be dom sub then SM will be sadomasochism all of these are different terms that have come into it but essentially um so bdsm basically talks about power uh it's the exchange of power it's basically going into having an experience with a person where there is a said direction towards power there is one person which holds more power and there is another person who has for at least a time being submitted that power to that other person but the fact about bdsm which is very important to realize is that all of this thing is happening with consent one there is sure and proper consent and another thing that is it's all predecided there is nothing it's not up for reading a person uh, it is not dependent on you know understanding cues given by a person as far as bdsm goes it's all very much talked about like it's talked after before you have even had an experience with a person you talk about it a lot and there is so much of conversations involved in bdsm even during the act there is so much you say there is so many things you do and you keep on talking with the person even if you are giving directions there's always a point where the other person can say no at any given point one can say no and it's it's taken as the final word and the best part is you know don't just respect that no you never take offense when somebody says no and that is something these are things which i have not experienced when i've had vanilla experiences because in vanilla experiences it's so much about you know just understanding it's something like about reading somebody's mind ki if i'm smiling i must be saying yes it might not be the case you might be smiling because you like this experience up till this point it doesn't mean a yes beyond this point so for me bdsm is essentially a place where you talk to your partner you, you exchange notes you decide that this is the kind of play we like and then you also decide who has more power and then you have that experience which basically takes away a lot of clutter and it just leaves behind this one pure extremely heated form of sexual experience because ultimately it gets very raunchy so yeah that's what i would say bdsm is for me and listening to you i find it interesting that it seems to involve a lot more conversation and talking and also communication skills it than does. it does then maybe what we would call vanilla or yes. normal sex what people yes, think of yes. How did you were you able to do that from the beginning on or did you have to develop the skills because 
as I said, like one thing I admire so much about you is this confidence and this very natural, completely zero awkwardness kind of way mm. in which you talk about all of this. And I'm guessing it comes very handy in this specific field. Yeah. But how did you learn it? Was it always like this or... So I think I, uh, I more than watching porn, which I have watched a lot. I, I love watching porn and I only watch BDSM porn. And also, uh, like if you put in enough work, you will find BDSM porn and you will be able to segregate between those porn, which are specific, which are just abuse hiding under BDSM. And then there are other BDSM porns where it is properly BDSM, where the people involved have consented to it. Uh, there's a huge amount of time that I have uh, watched porn where the porn doesn't end with, with orgasm. The porn actually ends with whoever was the bottom uh, giving an interview after the sex. There are porns where there is 15 minutes only kept for that one interview where she's just talking about what she felt while things were happening. What are her notes? Would she want to do this again? What else would she want to uh, experience he or she however like whoever the person is whoever the bottom is would like to experience so these are ways through which I found a language to you know talk about sex and uh, in any case I always thought like it's very important to have a conversation with your partner once you have had an experience with that partner you teach another person to pleasure you that person teaches you to pleasure them so it's always best to have a conversation and during the act as you said so uh, as far as confidence goes my previous the longest running relationship that I have had was not a BDSM relationship it was quite a vanilla relationship I started out as a very confident person and then this partner happened who was a vanilla who was a man I don't know who had a very limited idea of how to have sex and how to, what to do with a person so my confidence did go away actually eventually my confidence waned away until I broke up with that person and then it was a lot of work actually I had to build up a lot of confidence internally to do this but thankfully the partner that I got afterwards uh, is somebody who is not like that so yes like a little bit of help from my partner whoever I'm having uh, sex with a little bit of help from my partner I can have that I can talk in that language, I can do those, give those directions, I can say many things. And, uh, but this thing remains that there is a lot of conversation, which as you said, like in vanilla sex, you don't normally find a lot of conversation, but in BDSM, you do. There is a huge amount of conversations happening, even during the act, even during the act, like even if I have asked somebody to slap themselves, like even after the first slap or the second slap, I can ask that person, does it hurt? Or I can ask that person, would you like to go on? Is this fine? Like each act has so many different stops where you actually take a moment and ask the other person, how is this going so far? And you go on uh, depending on that. So I find it like very beautiful and I find this experience unlike what people think that there is, um, there is a power hierarchy. I actually find a BDSM experience a lot more equal than a vanilla one. In which way do you find it more equal? Uh, in the sense that it's all about pleasuring the other person and going there together. It's not about just focusing on one person's pleasure at one point of time. It's basically about focusing on both people's pleasure at the same time and going forward only and only when both the people are satisfied and pleasured. 
so i find it to be a very equal space and even when like mostly at the surface level what we see is we see the bottom to only be taking orders from the top only be following whatever the top has said but that is because the bottom wants it that way so it there is pleasure involved because the bottom seeks pleasure from that very aspect of it so hence i find it to be a very um, equal space because in vanilla there is you don't even know if the other person likes it that way you just believe that if let's say in a binary uh, relationship in a man woman relationship you just go ahead and believe that the man's ejaculation is uh, is the first and primary focus of the experience which is not so right or even in some cases the woman's uh, orgasm is the primary focus of the act but in bdsm that is not the case it's about having that pleasure for both the people I remember we had once a really nice conversation where you put forward this and maybe you have to say it again yeah. but or like in your words in better words but where you put forward that point that we always think when we talk about sex what we mean is penetrative sex and not uh, maybe yes. you could yes. um reiterate that thought so yes first of all of course like today a lot of us know that only penetrative sex is not sex we don't just call penetration to be sex because there are so many different forms of sex uh, the f- biggest um, argument that has come f- against this whole notion it had co- has come from the lgbtqia population who basically says that you know what about lesbians we are not always penetrating are we but does that mean that we are not having sex and the general notion today from people who don't support the community they do think that two women having sex is not sex at all because there is no penetration involved even if there is a dildo involved even then there is no penet- uh, sex involved because two women can't have sex so that was like the first point where you start questioning what is sex is it only merely about penetration or what is it really about is there a point of calling something a making out session if sex is just about pleasuring two people then why do we need a separate word for make out because earlier make out was everything before penetration right and then you would penetrate and that would be considered sex and then uh, honestly speaking as i said like after that my previous relationship was ended i finally had got sexual experiences where it did not even matter if there is penetration it absolutely did not matter if there is penetration if there is uh, sometimes it did not matter if there was kissing sometimes it did not matter if there was only kissing and then straight away to masturbation and orgasm so i realized that sex can be a lot of things so then i realized maybe you can just bring down sex to having a sexual experience which is pleasurable for for two people for the people involved in it or i feel like that is especially what makes it or what made me realize how narrow my or our understanding especially when we were teenagers was of having sex because that was the question when we met someone oh did you have sex and everything else which might has happened before there was not considered it was not important yes. it was not seen as a sexual experience at all and i think like like making this definition more broader and looking at all of this as I know it make it gives you way more of a feel of exploration and and all of Absolutely that than before. Right. Absolutely. Even like uh, in my mind if I thought about sex the default was always penetration. Exactly. Yes and um, which is why like only after having different kinds of experiences when I recently started exploring my sexuality I had sex with people who are not men. 
different people from different gender orientations in, in different sexual orientation i realized that no this cannot be our idea of sex cannot be this narrow i think another thing i find really interesting like what we talked about before people always think or like my picture of pdsm was very much like how you described it in the beginning like very rough not much talking you know like this this yes. very linear power yes. axis and all of that but actually then you find out that actually especially in these community the co- communication culture is way bigger and it's so much more there as you said than yes. in the whole vanilla community where you don't think like you have to question and talk about certain things and the same i feel is so much true or i came across this earlier when i talked to people in polyamorous relationships where i realized that they are way better communicators that communication is so much more important than actually with people in monogamous relationships and even though they had this image of oh being cheating and not really caring about their partners and this and that and that i find a very interesting thing so first thing that you said about bdsm and conversations and how uh, the first notion was that you know it's very rough mm-hmm. it's very rowdy it's all about you know there is always a sense of pain but bdsm is not always about pain that's that's one thing that people actually have this wrong notion that bdsm is about seeking pleasure from pain that's one and second is like talking talking about conversations in bdsm so if you go online and read blogs there will be a lot of blogs where those blogs are actually written by bottoms because they have been given this task they have been actually asked to write about their experience of course with their consent so that there is a conversation that takes place beyond that there are so many people from the community who come forward and comment on those and there are so many ideas that come forward from them there are tops who write on social platforms i have a bottom who likes this particular thing but i don't know how to act it out can some of you help me out there's an entire community who is always there to give each other ideas to help each other out there are so many like if you go online there are so many platforms where they are talking about how different ways of punishment like even when you uh, we think think about punishment as like just a physical activity but uh, let's say you have a bottom who likes to be spanked then spanking that person is not punishment mm. in that scenario not spanking that person is actually punishment so it's it's like it's really about exploring each other understanding each other and figuring out how do we want this power hierarchy to get played out so sometimes it's not about like there are people in bdsm relationships who don't even have sex on a regular basis they have they, they don't even have sex for long days at a go but they are always sexually satisfied they are always uh, sexually very excited and satisfied why is that because of the conversations the powered conversations that are taking place because of the tasks and very non sexual tasks i have had this bottom for quite a few months who liked the fact that i would give him orders to do a lot of things which were not sexual at all and that was sexually pleasurable for that person that was so sexually pleasurable that he used to beg to get an orgasm and even then he liked orgasm denial so there are so much that you can talk to a person and really understand the person and that was the conversation part one thing which i would be interested in is if you talk about this online community is this an indian community is this a very global community 
so it's both there are both of them available first i used to only find global communities i i used to find it very difficult to find indian communities and uh, as it is in india having sexual experiences outside of the norm is already something very systematically frowned upon even like um, as far as i think it is also illegal to sell sex toys which is why there are a lot of underground shops which are there like i remember the the city i come from there is a particular underground shop where you get sex toys but it is like very hush hush affair so most people will not even get to know about this shop so those things are there which means it has actually been very difficult to find a indian community but thanks to my partner my present partner i have come across these apps these social dating apps which are essentially meant for this community so in the beginning i had an app which was which would connect me to people globally and now i do have like two or three apps where i do find a lot of people from the indian uh, community as well so recently i have actually come across a huge number of indian population and a community which is into bdsm but the indian community is still not to that point where they are going social and talking about it and writing about it because as i said it's something which is not completely accepted that individual experience is not completely accepted so even when they are writing about it they are going on global platforms and writing about it it's there is no something like a, an indian platform where i see that there are a lot of indian people having a conversation about it there are a few parties actually happening in delhi which are bdsm parties i have not attended one yet but i do hear that there are parties happening i have been in, invited to one of them but i am not there yet i still feel it's very hard to navigate if you have let's say a sexual kink which is not very accepted maybe not very common and especially not accepted like how do you navigate to find partners because probably there's also some fear that someone will reject you if you say that or judge you or whatever mm-hmm. like how do you go about this navigating a society which is not very open to this so again this boils down to conversation because i am into this i am always having a lot of conversations with people that i might have sex with mm-hmm. so even before we have had sex i normally like even in the date uh, let's say i have gone out on a date with a person or let's say i'm chatting with somebody on a dating platform uh and another thing which is a huge advantage of these bdsm dating sites these are one specifically for bdsm these are uh, dating sites where even your bio basically talks about everything that you like in bdsm and everything which are your soft limits which are your hard limits which are your kinks uh what kind of role you like to play what are you looking for all of this is there and even after that when you connect with a person what you do is you mostly talk to that person ask that person what that person is essentially looking for through this app and some if it doesn't match yours you tell them that um, i'm sorry it doesn't match mine i all the best from my side i hope you find what you're looking for uh, and that's it and you politely move on nobody takes offense i because of the clarity of conversation mm-hmm. that is there no there is no point there is no sense of taking offense or finding feeling bad about it because it's not like you have talked to a person you have developed a relationship with that person and then one day you are popping up bdsm it's not happening on one single uh, day right it's not happening out of the blue because you are having so many conversations you are asking that person what kind of sex do you like okay if you like bdsm what kind of bdsm do you like 
what are the roles you like what are your favorite five favorite uh, kinks or what is your hard limit these are things you talk about even before you have decided to have sex with that person you get to know these things about the person and then you ask them if you would like to have a sexual experience with me so maybe let's move back to the idea of the polyamorous Poly relationship yeah. um so one thing or like two things i would in mm. which direction i would point us basically is one thing i find crazy did you like grow up with all these ideas about shadi and one person and mm. marriage and i mean it's a long journey from it's this to journey. to come yes. to a polyamorous yeah. very open relationship actually yeah. Yeah that is definitely one thing. So okay okay so there there have been stages in which these changes have taken place. So in the beginning my problem was with weddings. Then I grew up I started talking about things and I again just the way BDSM was happening feminism was also happening in my life. So since my childhood I've always been very vocal about women's rights uh, but in my limited way of understanding about women's rights and more the more i got to know about the social inequalities regarding gender i figured that um, from weddings it got extended to the notion of marriage itself so then i realized that it's not just the wedding where she is uh, you know she has to go through a lot of problems but it's the entire marriage institution where she is constantly not given an equal status as the man and that was my first problem with the concept of marriage it had nothing to do with what i wanted to do but i also at the back of my head had that notion ki maybe if you can find a partner who is very equal then you can be married and you can have an equal marriage uh, so back then i had that notion about you know marrying somebody i was a hopeless romantic who wanted to have that experience of childbirth as well so i also thought but i also wanted to adopt always so then i also had pcos and pcod which means that uh, it was also physically more difficult for me to get pregnant so then i started thinking about all of these things and i realized that you can always adopt and and that's that so and there are so many people in the world who require um, who who are here already and who don't have parents to take care of them who don't have caregivers basically so i don't think i need to bring another person into this world and the moment this idea of not giving birth to a child went away the entire idea of marriage fell apart The first thing was to actually get over this entire concept of wanting marriage and wanting kids and today I cannot even imagine myself wanting any of these things anymore. After that what happened was uh, when you talk about uh, then going into this open relationship or polyamory by the time I thought about these things I got to know that there are different ways of relationships. I have people who are in polyamorous relationships i had people who are in open relationships i had people who are who are in monoamorous relationships but they don't want to be i had myself who was in a monoamorous relationship and uh, and i was very happily so but but i also understood that there is nothing wrong with polyamory because for me uh, a friend of mine had asked me ki don't you think this is cheating this is where your question comes up like my friend had asked me don't you think this is cheating like you have a partner with whom you have committed to being uh, completely committed to and then you have another person don't you think this is cheating but for me i was like no this cannot be cheating because all the three stakeholders have consented to it 
so it is cheating only when you keep aside one of the stakeholders and don't take that person's consent so even if i have a partner and i want to have an experience with a third person that third person mine and my partner's consent matters here but on the other hand i have realized that i am not a polyamorous person i have a very distinct difference between what a polyamory is and what an open relationship is so an open relationship is when you have you are in a relationship with a person and you have certain experiences outside of that uh, relationship a polyamory is when you have relationships with multiple people and i don't have relationships with multiple people i have a relationship with my partner and i have certain experiences in my case these are certain sexual experiences outside of this relationship as well i like to have a, have a relationship where i can you know emotionally lean towards and if sex is something just a very basic experience where there is a lot of pleasure involved but it doesn't always have to be uh, and there is emotions involved as well but there is no emotional reliability which is there i am not relying emotionally on a person i am taking emotional pleasure and sexual pleasure pleasure but i am not relying emotionally on that person if today uh, something bad happens to in my life i'm not going to call all the people i have uh, had as my partner uh, as my sexual partners i will only call my relationship partner that's it that's that's kind of the distinction there is a distinct uh, difference in priority that is there completely and this brings me to one other topic we have been talking about before which is uh should you to live to not marry to not have kids to live a life let's say different than most society thinks it's right and even in my society right uh we talked about this uh thing of finding people to grow old with which i found a very nice thing which you said <laughs> and if you feel like it you could elaborate on this one definitely. again definitely so um So yeah like for myself I have uh, now that the entire concept of you know marriage is gone so growing up what happened was I because the concept of marriage and these uh, so social notions society given notions were there with me this concept was there that you know the older you grow the smaller your group of people becomes right fewer number of friends you have because everybody has their own lives and they get involved in their lives so you become very lonely the older you go the lonelier you get and uh, then the best way of my previous generation to deal with that was to get married because then you will at least have one person and actually it came with not just one person it was like getting married to a f- entire family and even if you are getting married to a person you will then give birth or adopt and you will have children so they always filled a certain kind of void in their life the loneliness by binding these people in a social institution called marriage but then i realized i don't need a single partner to grow old with because um if you have a single partner what happens is you put a lot of expectations on that part- person you expect that person to be your father when you need it to be your like be your parent when you need it be your children when you need it be your therapist when you need it be your friend when you need it be everything as a matter of fact and i feel like that's actually unfair because when i had to play all these roles to my previous partner i realized how exhausting that was it was very exhausting to play so many roles in one person's life and then i realized why do we do this can't we find people a set of people that you want to grow old with instead of a single person i feel like it's a healthier practice 
if you have an entire community with whom you connect and you can grow old with all of them then you don't necessarily need a single partner who is somehow now under some compulsion to be there for you so there is no compulsion anymore now i have completely brought it down to the point that people who are there with me they want to be with me they don't need to be with me i find beauty in that i find a lot of beauty and a lot of peace and a lot of happiness in that knowing that if you try hard and if you keep on working for it you can have an entire group of people that you get to grow old with and not just one person and before we started this podcast like when we talked about it you said oh yeah sexuality right now is anyway a big topic in my life yeah. in what way did you mean that in what way is it a big topic right now in this phase of your life so this is a big topic because last year i found out i finally confirmed that i am pansexual which i all like even in my teenage years i always thought that i might be bi curious because that's the closest word i could find that i'm curious about uh, you know knowing whether i'm only into men or i'm into other people but last year is when i finally got to explore i went on these different sites i found people and it was also difficult to find people who like your kind of sex so then it was very difficult to find if you are into people because you might just not be into somebody because they are not into your kind of sex so finally last year when i started finding people who are into you know having the same kind of sexual experiences as i do i realized that i'm actually pansexual i'm actually into people devoid of what gender orientation or what sexual um, preferences they have as long as they are into me i'm into and i'm into them it works it doesn't matter what bodies they have what uh, gender preferences they have what pronouns they prefer it doesn't matter to me it uh, all it boils down to is that both of us like the same kind of sex and both of us like to have that with each other and that's that and so it has become a huge topic because one pansexuality happened then uh, open relationship this is also the first time in my life that i'm in an open relationship where i'm in a very steady relationship with a person but i'm also getting to explore all these different kinds of sexual experiences that i've only had so far in my mind earlier i had a lot of experience in bdsm but there were still a lot of restrictions as far as experiences went they were all in my mind and now i have finally been able to you know go out and have that experience talk to people have like i actually have come to a point where i have people from all across the world who uh, with whom i uh, like uh, connect with all the time and there are people who actually want to be in a 24/7 ds relationship with me online and they are okay with doing that they are so okay with it that they don't even want a real relationship in their life and uh, so then you figure out there are so many different ways people seek pleasure and uh, yeah so this one year i have had so many people that i could have conversations with regarding this there is so much i could talk about there is um so many experiences i could have that this has definitely become one of the highlights of this right now for me and as a last question can you like i don't know name or talk about one or two of your favorite experiences with you which you had bdsm experiences i mean maybe that it's a bit easier to also imagine something one experience i really liked was he had used a little bit of bondage on me and he had asked me to hold this almost chair position while he stimulated me and just watched me have an orgasm and it was very difficult and my legs became so weak 
but it was very pleasurable so something like this where this person it did not even matter like this person wasn't like he he did not masturbate he did not have an orgasm he did not ejaculate he did not do anything but it was very pleasurable for him and me both so this is like one of the really nice uh, bdsm experiences that i've had like where it doesn't have any hitting right so there was nothing like that but there was still some form of restriction some form of power play that was involved and it was very pleasurable so that is like one experience i definitely remember a lot um then there have been uh, a few online ones as well which i have actually liked a lot there was somebody uh, he is from holland yeah he's from holland and um, so we were in an online uh, bdsm experience and uh, he was a sub to me and that went on for actually 3 months he was living with his parents and he was a working person and um, he wanted me to give him tasks which would be an entire day long or an entire period long so then for uh, a really long period he had like instructions like whenever he's in his bedroom he would have to strip down naked no matter what so he would always have to be naked and and i did not even like i did not ever ask for a photo he would never send me a photo he would never send me a video but just the knowledge of it was enough like it was enough for me and enough for that person so things like that he would have to like uh, in the morning when he gets up he has to do certain certain things like let's say kneel down and just give himself edge for 10 minutes or something like this so again these are like small things but they actually become uh, more pleasurable than what we started with and that was penetrative sex it becomes so much more it's more about actually keeping yourself so fucking sexually aroused like it's so arousing you don't even miss penetrative sex anymore you could just go ahead and have an orgasm in 2 seconds right away this online thing also opened another world for me and that is knowing that there are people who don't really care if there is any amount of physical contact there are people who have fetishes where they don't want to want somebody to have sex with them and that is enough for them to you know just ejaculate or just orgasm they don't need anybody to have sex with them just the idea of uh the entire power play is enough for them to orgasm and the same happens with me there are times when i don't really need anybody to have any kind of physical contact with me just the idea the play itself even the conversational play that happens there is enough for me to have an orgasm and it's actually more pleasurable in those senses so yeah that i think is something that has been the biggest part of my last year is that to find people who are like me and who don't think that there is only one way of having sex there is no one sexuality there is no one sex there is no one orientation there is nothing one here it's all about being very individual and finding people who understand that you this is how you like it and if they like it they do it with you and that's the end of it. Mm-hmm.